It's episode 53 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Molly Berwin. How are you? I am well. I was drinking water at the worst time. <laughs> no, it's all right, because I was watching a, um, a uh, series of videos about how to um, do good podcasts. Yeah. Making sure that your guest has water Aww. is a key thing. So, it is. Um, so thank you. That's all right. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so where should we start? Um, I was born. Um, in a back road. No, I'm just kidding. Wherever you want to start. Where do you want to start? Where do I want to start? Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you're involved in lots of different things. Yeah. On the uh, Improv London scene. Yeah. Um, Shall we talk about, shall we talk about the nursery? Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I've been assisting in creativity at the nursery um, for about a year and a half now. um, Doing everything from, you know, general admin and marketing and promoting to um, helping you know on Thursday night lights and hosting that and um, so it's been a lot of fun and then when we had the Edric I do house management and tech which was super stressful at times like tech is like oh my god <laughs> you know that's like I don't know how but even in my old theater in Denver I always ended up on tech and not that I'm a tech savvy person I think I'm just average but I always ended up tech, I think, because nobody else wanted to do it. And I'm just like, sure, I'll try it. And it's always, it stresses me out every time because I'm just afraid I'm going to like, you know, like Project 2 is a very like tech, you know, um, centric uh, show. So I'm always like stressed out. I'm going to like screw up their show and then it's all my fault. But anyway, um, but yeah, and now my focus is now more on Slapdash. I'm the lead producer of the Slapdash International Festival, International Improv Festival. And um, also moving towards also focusing on the youth program that we are developing here. I'm doing that with Audra and Jennifer as well. So so that's still teaching as well here. I do the puddle jumping classes, which I love. Those are super fun because they're free um, for anyone not not knowing that. So it's really nice for somebody that's like, oh, I'm interested in improv, but I'm, I'm not sure if like that school's for me or... Or if I'd even like it. So it's a really nice thing the nursery does, I think, once a, once every month, first Sunday of the month. And I, I teach some of those, and it's super fun. And you get these people that, you know, have never even performed in their lives. And they're like, yeah, and I didn't think I'd even really talk that much. I'm like, really? Because you were up there all the time. It was great. It was great. It was having a fun time. And it, it kind of reminds you, like, why you got into this in the beginning. And um so I really enjoy that. So I enjoy the teaching as well. So. Yes, I, I love uh, I love playing with people who are improvising for the first time because yeah. they're genuinely surprising themselves at yeah. the sort of things that they can do. You're watching, they're like, whoa, I just said that. And I'm like, yeah, you did, that was great. You just discovered that, that was amazing. So um, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the newbies, so. So when you're um, gonna be teaching this class, how, how do you approach it? How do you decide? Yeah basically what you're going to So do. I think at first we do a lot of exercises in the beginning and just making it comfortable doing a lot of name games because I'm terrible at names. If I see it written down, I'm, I'm a visual person, I remember. But yeah. 
I'm good at faces, terrible at names. Um, so that's something I'm trying to work on um, as a just general life skill. Um, but so we, we do a couple name games, just makes everybody else comfortable too. Um, and then just doing a lot of exercises where they like quote unquote mess up like passing and getting to do it really fast because then you point like, when did it get fun? Not when we were doing it really fast and doing it quote unquote right, but when people were messing up. And so just getting them really comfortable with like moving and quote unquote making mistakes or things that they perceive as mistakes. Um, so then you just kind of move from like exercises like that into slowly um, yes anding or what I, I'm about to like, oh, I'm about to use my secret weapon in teaching and give it off for free. But there's this exercise I use, it's called fuck yeah. And it's really good even with, with teams who maybe if they're noticing they're getting kind of, you know, negative on stage or not as supportive, but it's, it's kind of like yes and, but it's the 10th degree. And with newbies, they just, they just open up. They just love it. And basically, um, you start, you, so somebody starts, it doesn't matter, they say a, a, a sentence or a statement, and then you're like, fuck yeah, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then you would be like, fuck yeah, and, so it like literally doesn't matter what you say. It's like, and I'm like, if you don't like the word fuck, then use hell, whatever you're comfortable <laughs> with. But that is like my favorite, and usually, you know, it's usually a three-hour class, and that's kind of where we, we usually kind of take our interval at that point. But they're all, like, stoked. And, like, who doesn't just, like, saying fuck yeah all the time? <laughs> so that's, like, one. And then so after you've done that, you've already started them kind of, you know, they don't realize it, but they're starting to, like, play, like, do many scenes. And then, um, and then from that, we kind of take them into storytelling, like either like conducted story or, um, and then we just play like a game, like a, do a short form game. Um, but you know, kind of move them towards like a long form style, like still progressing a story and having a relationship. But I think for newbies, starting with the short form games gives them something to grasp and like, oh, I'm, I'm doing it right, you know, or I, I achieved something, you know. So um, that's kind of, that's how I kind of do it. Um, and it's, so far it's been well received. Or at least they tell me to my face. They could have, like, walked out and, like, that was the worst three hours of my life. Um, so, but, yeah, so. That sounds brilliant. Thanks. Brilliant. Um, and that's on the first Sunday of every first month. Sunday of every month, and they usually sell out. So um, there's usually a waiting list. So if that's something you're interested in, or maybe if you have a friend or a parent or someone you love or tangentially care about in some way, um, let them know and uh, to sign up quickly because they it sells out usually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So you mentioned Thursday Night Lights. Yeah. We haven't actually discussed Thursday Night Lights on this podcast Really? Before. Oh, that's... Yeah. Wow. Well, today's the day. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the concept behind that? So the Thursday Night Lights is a, uh, is a jam. Um, and there's... Uh, we, we do it in seasons. And basically, um, a season is... Usually it's about six weeks. And then we'll take two weeks off. And then it's like another six weeks. Um, but you have... Uh, teams you apply as a team um and there's three 
team slots and then three jam slots. So individuals obviously don't need to apply ahead of time. They just show up on the day. And it's very much a space where um, if you're workshopping your idea or your new team, or you just want to, you know, you just want the reps, it's a great warm room. And again, if you're not on a team, but you just want to get up and you want to meet people, that's for you. I think it's a really, you know, Jonah oversees it. Um, and I think he and Jules put together a really great way to go about it because it's not just like, okay, this is your jam time. Who wants to get up? It's like you come in, sign up starts at 7, um, warm up is at 7.15. And if you are jamming, you have to be there for the warm up. And that's, again, to get everybody comfortable, which I think is so important because we like to create a safe and happy um, and comfortable environment and positive yeah. environment. Um, so you warm up um, and then the show starts at eight. So if you don't wanna play or you just wanna invite people, it starts at eight. Um, and then we have typically the different three, the different jam sections are short scenes, like two or three person scenes. So when you come in, you sign up, we ask you which, um, which jams you wanna be part of. You can do short scenes, just the long form jam, which is just everybody gets up and it's a long form, or the concept jam. Ooh. Thank you, Stuart. <laughs> I believe that's the correct response. Yes, you did the it. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's different every time. It's um it's usually like if you've been to an improv class, you could do the concept jam. It's just there's scenes with a little bit of fairy dust on top. Tell me about the fairy um, dust. Give me examples we've done, of fairy dust. Well, like one time Jonah brought in random hats that he's <laughs> and he's like, okay, so when um, you get up to do a scene, just grab a hat and that'll inform your character. <laughs> um, we've done. <laughs> just with the hat. Yeah. I think I was on the door that night so I hadn't been able to come to the uh, Thursday Night Lights yeah. and I came up and I looked through the door at everyone jamming with hats and I thought well, I'm involved in a weird kind of thing. <laughs> like, what, what kind of world do we live in where adults on a random Thursday night just get up in front of 20 other people and put on hats at I, random? I thought I've really, I've really seen what I do through the perspective of an outsider yeah, now. Yeah, right? <laughs> Got a glimpse of Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. Um, yeah, so, so that was one. We did another one where it's like, um, I forgot what they called it, but um, like we're given a, a we're given, we asked the audience for like um, a, an event in which changed you. And it was actually Chris Me talked about when you tried to get the America once. And he got denied entry because he was an improviser. Once he's told them he was going to improvise, they're like, no, you know, like, can't have any more improvisers in America. We have too many. Um, so we kind of time traveled. Like, what was, like, what was that airport like an hour before, an hour after, 50 years before, 50 years after? That sounds um, amazing. That yeah. sounds really good fun. I'm just looking up which episode it was that Chris was on because he tells a story about trying to go to America yes. in that Check out episode 11 of the Improv Podcast, in which Chris Mead tells this story in full. Yes, that it was a good one. smooth, didn't it? It was. You're so smooth. You're a professional. In that I don't get paid, though. Brilliant. Well, that sounds, that sounds great. Uh, yeah. I'd encourage everyone to uh, go yeah. on to that. That sounds like a lot yes. of fun. Yes. Hashtag TNL. <laughs> Got to get the hashtags in there. Yeah. So we'll try and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Earlier you mentioned the theatre back home. Yeah. Tell me about that. Is that how you got involved in so, being theatrical? Yeah. So I actually, I've been, I guess, performing acting since I was a kid. Um, and, you know, what we call middle school or like seventh grade, I started through high school. Um, I actually got offered a theater scholarship. I had to turn it down because it's a private school. And even with the scholarship, it was still going to be like 10 grand a year. Um, so my mother rightly so <laughs> suggested, uh, I don't think you should graduate 40 grand in debt with a theater degree. Um, I don't know why she said that, but whatever. So, um, so, but yeah, so I, I, I continued to perform throughout university and, and such. And then, um, just cause of life, I had to, I had to kind of leave my, my love and passion behind for a few years. And then. Um, so I grew up, I'm from originally just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, which is in the Southeast. And I lived in Atlanta for many, many years. And I had friends who were improvisers and performing at a theater there. And one of my friends and I were like, we need to take improv classes. We need to take improv classes. Cause there are a couple in Atlanta. And finally I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just, it, it was like, I'm going to go without you because I'm waiting on you and I'm just doing this. So I started a whole world improv theater in Atlanta. It's a, it's a short form, very like whose line it is anyway. They have this gorgeous stage with like an MC desk and really cool. And my, um, my first, my intro to improv class was a six month course. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's for, amazing. For those listening, Stuart's mouth just yes. went really wide. Sorry, I forgot this was an audio <laughs> medium uh, and that my uh, amazement would no, not be communicated is... through the shape of yeah, my mouth. Yeah, I, like, looking back on it, I was like, oh my God, like, I just didn't know. That's a big commitment. That's, That's a big like... commitment. And I only missed one class. Wow. It was every Monday for six months. Um, and I missed one class because I was, was out of town. Uh, but the great thing about it, like looking back, I'm like, that was nuts. But <laughs> the great thing about it is even though it was short form, they really drilled in you things like, you know, even though this is, a, there's a game, you need to still like, you know, continue the story, continue the relationship. Um, and just, you know, just good professional decorum and just good stuff. So I did that for some, you know, I was with them for a while and then, I tried, I, which I think is important for everybody to do, to try different theaters in Atlanta. Yeah. And um, I also studied at Village Theater, um, which is another, they kind of do schlong. So they do like short form and long form. And they call it schlong. I know, I do. I call it schlong. Oh, you call it that. <laughs> I oh, call so it that. Okay. Atlanta at the time, you know, this is six and a half years ago, is very short form focused. Now there's a lot more long form there. Um, I do remember though, my first long form class I took was Atlanta. How long was the course? So this one was only eight weeks. Oh, right. I it was say a, eight months. Yeah. <laughs> so my one of my friends from my first class, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go take this course at Relapse, um, another theater, and it's about characters and and scene work." I'm like, "Oh, great! That's you know, I want to work on that." And so we show up in class, and we're like. When are we gonna play games? <laughs> like we had no idea yeah, yeah, yeah. that they're like we're like oh this is long prov, we, <laughs> and I think our teacher thought we were joking, but <laughs> we weren't. Um, so um, it was great. Uh, well, actually, it was really uncomfortable. My first long form show, it was just terrible, <laughs> but I learned a lot. I had a great teacher though. He was a very sweet man and uh, a great teacher, but it was just so like it was. I don't know. It was just. 
It was interesting. I don't know. That's all I'm going to leave it. It's just a very interesting <laughs> no, show. because I have to ask. So why was it so terrible? It wasn't, I, you know, it wasn't terrible. Well, no, no, I'm not saying it was terrible. It felt... It felt so, like, there was a lot of negativity on stage. From you? No, I don't, no, I say I don't think I was. <laughs> I hope I wasn't, and if those that are in Atlanta should be listening to this <laughs> London podcast, so I apologize <laughs> if I was. I don't think so. It was just very, um... Like I, I think there were others in the class that that weren't familiar with long form, so it was very kind of you know like, and yeah, it was just it was interesting. Okay. That's all. It was. But just, it didn't put you off carrying. It on. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no like this can be better. <laughs> so, um, but then I so I then I moved to Denver, um, and that's really where I fell in love with long form was Denver. Um, and um, I will never forget it. I was, I had lived in Denver just three months. I was volunteering at the Denver Improv Festival and I walked in uh, to a show that had just started and uh, I will never forget it was Governor Jack, which is still a, a team there, an amazing team. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, that's improv. And it was like this long form set and it was just so, I mean, they were just, giving each other stuff and taking it. I'm just like, holy shit, how are they doing that? <laughs> and I was like, now that is improv. And that's where I started, you know, really going down the the long form path and just really fell in love with it and, and, and you know, just didn't look back. So, yeah. So, and that was, um, Voodoo Comedy Playhouse was kind of my home theater back home, but or back in Denver, I should say. Um, but I would perform it. There's there's also Bovine and Deer Pile and some other theaters there that are amazing. So brilliant. Yeah. Um, so you keep getting involved in tech. Why? Because I, I I have been getting involved in tech as well. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun, but it it is really stressful. It's super stressful. Is it the amount of buttons? Is it the I don't know. <laughs> it will. Not only that, it's like. It's all these buttons that you don't need an improv. <laughs> Literally, to tech an improv, most not not all, and, and I recognize that. But really, all you need is fade up, fade down, <laughs> and then like volume up, volume down for music. Oh, you know, I've I've made it a lot more complicated for yeah. myself because, and I think I, I imagine I'm the only person that notices when I'm doing this. Yeah. But I want it to look like a disco when people walk in. <laughs> I want to be their, their tunes to be playing. I want there to be a disco because I want it to be like a party kind of atmosphere. And then I want to be able to switch off the disco lights and then so I can bring up the individual, I don't even know what the proper terms are, the individual coloured lights if I need them. Yeah. Most of the time you don't. No. But, and I have real it's trouble okay. switching between them. And, I, and nobody else cares, as you say. All they want to do is the lights come on, the lights go off. In fact, probably what I'm doing is more of a distraction yeah. than an annoyance. But it's still to me, I just hey, want to, yeah. have to do that. But no, that's nice because, you know, maybe, especially you always got to think about the people that have never gone to an improv show yeah. before. And they probably like that. Yeah. And I mean, I say that. Then you have, I mean, you have amazing shows out there that have, you know, projectors or lights um, that they actually use in their show. But, um... But yeah, like improv tech booths typically like have all these buttons and you literally <laughs> use two sliders the entire thing. <laughs> and but... if you're at the miller, one of them doesn't work properly. Oh my anyway. god, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I and I remember in Denver the show that I use I usually ended up teching because I think nobody else wanted to. And I don't think I was the best person to be teching, but I was. We did a cage match. And it was our cage match show, and um, 
there was like, you know, there was a countdown that the team and that like went on like a projector. And for some reason, it was just the program that we used. It was always like it would just melt down. And luckily towards the end, I got it. I got fixed. But anyway, but I was just like, oh, my God, this is the most stressful thing I've ever done. (laughs) And really, I mean... Do you need a, a projection of numbers counting down? Yes. I mean, it's no, like... you don't. The audience could go five, four, three, two, one together, but no. But it's part of the theatrical element, <laughs> yes. and I get it. I, I totally get it. But I just am like, I don't want to screw up their show. <laughs> I mean, the countdown—it's an established thing. We don't really need yeah. visual guidance, even yeah. if you're a visual person. But yeah, still. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I'll do tech. But I'd rather just take tickets or host or something. Yeah. Else. No, I, I really enjoy doing tech because you, you have the ability to um, contribute to the show. Yeah, that's true. And I will say um, it also, especially if you're kind of getting into improv, it helps you like think of edits. Yes. Yes. So that is um, that is a nice way, and, and you're right. It does. You can kind of put your own little flair on yeah. there sometimes. And so, sometimes yeah. you know you can get a laugh from a black owl. Yeah. Uh, which you know that's. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's you totally. Know, yeah, that's the easiest. You know, in some ways, just the moving at the flicking of a switch, getting a laugh. I mean, if I could do that all the time, I I just never leave right? the, leave the house. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no one would ever leave the house. <laughs> Uh, but you're you're also involved in lots of uh, lots of projects now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which should we talk about first? Well, I think the biggest for me right now is Slapdash. Oh yes. And um, we just opened up applications for teachers and teams, um, and I'm really excited about this year. We um, I'm the lead producer, and we have a really nice team: um, Jules and Judith, of course, from the nursery; um, Audra, Jewel. Um, Stephen and then uh, and then uh, Julia Middleman, um, and so we've we've we're trying to really make it a good, diverse, and positive experience, and just bring together you know not just the London community but obviously the international community. Um, so I'm really excited. A couple of things, a couple of it's a, kind of a festival of first this year. We're bringing on the spot improv from Hawaii. Wow. Um, their first international show ever. Yeah. Um, they've played many festivals in the US, Out of Bounds and Out of Bounds Comedy Festival, Chicago Improv Festival, um, Seattle Improv Festival, many, many, many. Um, and they have this really cool well they have Screw Bookie. Uh, which is an improv- Sorry, I was doing a confused face there. That was the confused face, face for those like, listening at like, home. Please tell me more about that. I don't yeah. know what that is. Well, they have Screw Buki, which is an improvised... Kabuki? Kabuki, yeah. Kabuki, yeah. Yes, the Kabuki. Kabuki. Yes. Um, so they have that, but what they're bringing here is called Hush, and it's an improvised, silent movie. Wow. Um, and it is amazing. I mean, they do an amazing job. It's really... It's really polished. I mean, it's like you're looking at a silent movie, and it's just really, really, you know, they have, they dress up like, you know, the silent film stars, and it's really cool. Wow. So we're really excited to bring them the first first time ever. And then also for the first time is, um, you know, in the past we've had um, kind of individual, you know, perform, individual improvisers come and just do the kind of jam show. Well, this time what we were doing um, is individual 
improvisers will actually apply an audition for the Slapdash International team that wow. will headline Friday night. Wow. Um, and so what will happen is they will, um, John Bolden is an amazing teacher improviser out of the out, uh, hideout theater in Austin. Um, and he's, he's known for, he does an Anton Chekhov, improvised Anton Chekhov play and a, do check out the Mark Tyndall's episode for yes. more details about a particularly amusing episode from this. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then he also does um, uh, Woody Allen, like improvised Woody Allen film. Wow. So he's he's very much into um, narrative and ensemble storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's an amazing director. So he's coming over here from Austin and he will be, um, it's basically a five-day intensive with him on ensemble and story native storytelling wow so if that so if like you like that kind of stuff like p graph is coming um he's directed them i I can't i think he directed them or used to be on their team he's not with them anymore um but if that's your kind of thing then you should you would be really excited about this because Um, there will be an audition process would just be, um, we're working that out. John is working that out now, but it'd be very something simple on your phone that you would record. Um, so you have to audition, you have to audition to do the course. You have to audition because he wants to make sure, um, you know, he just wants to, you know, get an idea of, you know, the people and make sure it's, you know, it's going to melt because you're going to be a team. Um, you're going to work together three hours a day for five days. Um, and in the end, you're going to headline um, Slapdash on Friday night. Wow. Um, they'll also be able to they'll also do the jam night that week. Instead of Thursday night lights, it'll be Wednesday night lights. Um, but they'll also play during the jam. And um, But it's really exciting. So for London improvisers, it's 150 pounds for a five-day intensive. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's basically it's three hours a day for five days, and it's 150 because you don't need um, – and then out-of-town improvisers is 270, but that includes um, lodging. Right. Oh, um, so that's something, you know, we definitely want London improvisers, but we obviously really also want international improvisers because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an international improv fest, so let's truly put together an international team yes. and see what they can come up with for five days together. So that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, and then we're working on our Saturday night headliner, which I can't talk about yet. <laughs> and I don't want to jinx it. No, no. Well, so. uh, so that's I'm really keeping ex- my diary. Uh, yes, keeping my diary. Uh. Yeah. So that's going to be um, the 16th through 22nd of October. So workshops are you know that entire time, and then we have shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Brilliant. So quite excited about that. Yeah. So that's um, we're putting together some really fun stuff and workshops and. All the performers will get um, a video of their show uploaded to YouTube. Um, There'll be a performers-only green room. Um, There'll be, obviously, T-shirt and swag and all that good (laughs) stuff. So we're trying to really make it a really fun, positive... And then, obviously, we're going to have the after parties and... It's going to be in the new nursery theater. What? What? There's a new nursery theater. Yes. What? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> oh my god. So. Tell me about this. The new yeah, nursery theater. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's been it's been bubbling for months, and um, the sign it on sign on the dotted line two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, because um, we we did a. 
we did a walk through the space not this past Friday, the Friday before. And it's really cool. It's in shortage. Um, it's part of Theater Delicatessen's, you know, one of their buildings. And you walk in and, and there's a bar that, that's Theater Deli's bar. But then you walk into the theater and we'll have our own bar. And wow. it's, 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 it's going to be really amazing. And they're already starting to program a summer. It'll kind of, kind of be a, a, a summer season, kind of a soft summer season, then full blown in autumn. Wow. Um, so uh, kicking off with Slapdash. No, I'm just kidding. Not, it's not, they're not saying it like that. But I, don't, I, mean, if it catches, I should shut up before. If, if yeah. it catches on, I mean, If it catches on, I mean, let's go with it. No, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be really cool. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited and, and proud of Jules and Judith. They've been working on this for so long. And I'm just really happy for them. And it's finally, it's finally, I mean, because they were in the arches and then that went away. And then there was the Edric, which is, you know, interesting. And then now it's like they're real, they have a home that's yes. like their theater. So that's no, very exciting. It'll, it'll be very cool. So I'm excited about that. Cool. So, and we'll be looking for volunteers to help paint and all that um, in the coming weeks. So look out for that. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, you're also involved with special guest. Yeah. Tell me about with special guest. The very confusingly named with special guest. <laughs> it's very difficult when you have a is it a preposition? Yeah. Because you're with with special yeah, guest. Yeah, we're with with. We're we're considering a, a slight name change just because we recognise it is confusing. But also, if you look, because sometimes, yeah. We've gotten <laughs> tagged. Um, we've got tagged on Facebook and like random music events. We're like, uh, just so you know, we're not going to be there. Um, we'd love to, if you want uh, yeah. to end some improvisers, we'll totally come. But, um, Sweden, we're not looking to come to in June. Um, yeah, no, with special guests is really fun. Um, so that actually started, Audra and Daniel, um, were part of a larger team and then that kind of broke apart, but they still wanted to improvise and stay together. And um, I think they wanted to build it, but they didn't want to like hold auditions and they just kind of wanted to try different people out. And um, I know Audra, I knew them both separately. And Audra is one of my good friends. And um, so they said, hey, do you want to come to a practice and do a show with us and this and on this day? And I'm like, sure. And then I just never left. So I'm like, hey, guys, when's our next practice? Uh, but no, seriously. No. Um, but uh, no. So but we the goal is we have a different guest improviser each show. Um, and, uh, we ask the improviser, we do ask the improviser ahead of time. We're going to ask you a time, um, that you felt special. Don't tell us that. And we tell the audience this too. Like we did ask them ahead of time, but we haven't heard the answer. And then we just ask them about the question, you know, about that. And then we ask the audience, you know, are there any questions we forgot? And then we also say, you know, is there anything, um, we asked the audience, uh, we're, we're playing around, this is a new element that we're playing around with, but we asked the audience and or the guest improviser, is there any um, thing that um, you nerd out about or that you that's going on in your life you wanna see reflected back on stage? Um, so that's fun. And then a lot of times if we do a jam though, um, we just, we don't get a guest improviser and we just use the audience as our, you know, kind of guest improviser. Sometimes we've brought people on stage and sometimes we just interviewed the audience. 
Um, so it's just a way to just play. I mean, we have some amazing improvisers that sometimes they can't like commit to a team or they're just busy, but you still want to play with them. So it's just a way to, it's just our way of just getting to play with random people in town. Brilliant. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's with special guests. And I, and I just love, I just love playing with Daniel and Audra. I just, they're just really great. They're just, I feel so comfortable and, and with them on stage and, um, we can, we can screw with each other and just have a fun time. I just, yeah, just really enjoyed them. So you get uh, a story or something people are enthusiastic about. Yeah. And then how do you translate that into a performance? Oh, good question. Um, we, it's, the scenes are inspired by what they talk about. Because usually, usually people say something and we just ask more questions. We just ask a lot of questions. And the scenes are definitely inspired by we don't, and especially since we're dealing with different improvisers, we're not like, oh, this is a narrative and this is, you know, we're a herald or anything like this. We're more like a thematic montage. Usually what we try to do is put up like three different tent poles that we say. It's like storylines and then try to explore each one. And then sometimes they'll come together and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And three is ideal, but if it's two, that's okay too. Um, we just try to get inspired by what our guest is saying and what our audience has asked, and um, create you know some scenes off of that. Yeah. Does so it's not a playback theater thing where you're necessarily no, recreating it. Not at all. Um, but it's yeah, no, it's really, and I really like the idea of these three TED poles, these kind of three. Are they threads? Are they story threads? Yeah, story threads. Like um, you know. I remember uh, our last TNL we did, somebody, um, they felt special because their new job asked them what their dietary requirements were. Um, And then we learned that they were working on a mockumentary and they were, I think they were vegetarian or something. They had some kind of, or maybe it was like gluten. There was some kind of dietary and that made them feel special that somebody like went and asked and they're working on this mockumentary and they're really excited about it. We learned that. And then we learned um, that something that they were really excited about also uh, that they wanted to see reflected back is they get excited about or they nerd out about emojis. Oh, right. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So at one point in one of the scenes we were just, you know, talking about we were pitching new emojis. Um... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then um, there was, you know, another scene where uh, people, this woman was excited because she finally met somebody who didn't like, like, didn't eat gluten or was, like, snobby about food or something. So definitely do not recreate the story that was just told. We use it to inspire us. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, And how often do you rehearse and is there a... We try to do it weekly. Yeah. uh, sometimes though with like just travel schedules we don't um, so we we definitely try to do it weekly or then like if somebody can't make it or sometimes we just like hang out because yeah. sometimes if we can't get sometimes spaces are full or maybe you're just not feeling it like let's go grab a drink mm-hmm. um, so we definitely try to do it at least weekly um, and then my other is that I have a few other I have Carlos Vespa Again, we try to practice weekly, um, or sometimes we'll do, like if maybe we had to skip 
um, a practice or two will do like a long practice on the weekend. Right. Um, and Careless Vespa is a news format show. Right. Okay. So very much like if you're familiar with World News Night. So we get the audience to um, cut out headlines and put on a cork board. And then we take the headlines and create a story based on this. Like we don't read the story that yeah, goes yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We actually create fake news you'll like. <laughs> and doesn't harm the, is anyone. Is that what's going on the posters? Yeah. Create fake news yeah. you'll like. Um, and so then, so we create a story, you know, we just make up a story based on that headline. And then again, use that story to inspire scenes, not play out what we just say. We use those to inspire scenes. So who's in that group? So that's um, Brian Lewandowski and then uh, Kat Peshkan. Brilliant. So, um, Another trio. And the, yeah, another trio. Yeah. I don't know how this has happened to me, <laughs> but it has happened. Um, I do have piggyback with Audra as well, and that's a big ensemble. That's super fun. And I, I typically, I, I in the past, I've always done like either a big team, like seven people, or like just a duo. So I ended up in a trio, and now like a bigger team. But piggyback is super fun because it's, um, it's a three act improvised play based off of three different stand-ups. Whoa, I'm, I've got a confused face. Yeah, on. there's like, a confused face for I'm those listening at home. Just trying to process that. Yeah. So you've got three stand-ups, mm -hmm. and then you do a three-act play, mm -hmm. and the three-act play is based on those three stand-ups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How does that work? It's great. I imagine if I kept quiet, old Molly would have told me that. <laughs> No. Everybody says that. It's, I love the reaction though. So we typically have a headliner that opens the show and they do a 20 minute set. And that kind of gives us the tone and the theme of the entire show. Right. So they do a 20 minute set and then we do our first act, which is about usually about four scenes-ish. Could yeah. be three, could be five. And are you establishing platforms? We're establishing your antagonist, protagonist, and then developing the world that these oh, people live in, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of setting the stage. Um, then there's typically an intermission around, around that point. Um, and then we have a um, second stand-up comes in, and they do about 15 minutes, give or take. Could be 10, could be 15. And then we go on and, and do about the same amount of time, right. 10, 15 minutes. And we um, and what we're doing, I should have added on the side um, of both all the standards, we're taking notes. We're constantly taking notes uh, because now what we have to do with this, the second standup has their own show and material, and we've got to take things from their material and interweave it into this next act i'm doing a frowny face now the frowny face there's I mean, it's a just, confusion it's, well I'm, I'm like i'm like trying to just even process the idea of doing this i think it sounds great but i'm just like oh yeah it's making my brain hurt yeah i'm just thinking about doing yeah. it yeah it's and then that's you know that's the second act so that's kind of the tilt of the play you know that's again about three scenes those are a little shorter um but that's kind of the tilt of the play as the plot thickens mm. that's the um, empire strikes back of the uh, <laughs> of the play um, and then, um, and then we have our final stand-up, which is only about five minutes. Um, but again, we're writing down stuff from their stand-up, and we come back on to just kind of wrap it all up. So you're using, so you're drawing on the things from the first and the second act, uh -huh. and weaving in the things from the third stand-up to to wrap it all up. 
Wow. And it's supposed to be, we're supposed to get ourselves in quite a ridiculous situation. <laughs> so then when the third act comes, you're like, how are they going to get, it's like in, in any ridiculous action movie, we use um, Die Hard actually quite frequently, but you're like, how are they going to get out of this? <laughs> or like in the Matrix when Neo dies, like what, the, how, what, he's the good guy. And then all of a sudden he comes back because he is the one, you know, um, that's kind of, you're kind of supposed, we're kind of supposed to really be like, how are they going to get themselves? This is so ridiculous. Um, but it's super fun. And I just laugh so much <laughs> in practice and at the shows. I'm just, it's, it's a lot of fun. So um, how, how do you practice that format? So we, um, a lot of it, you know, when we first started practicing, we just kind of ran scenes and kind of just, you know, identifying, um, just identifying protagonists, antagonists. Um, and then, um, but really now what we do is we watch, we'll like on YouTube, watch a stand up, oh, right, yeah, take yeah. notes, right. do a couple scenes, then sit down, watch another stand up on, on YouTube and take notes and do it. We also, there's also a lot of practice, which is super helpful for me of like that wrapping, that last final act, like wrapping everything up. Yeah. So sometimes we'll focus on like, we'll take like half a practice and there's that exercise that you like, we create a story by saying, okay, um, just sitting there talking. There mm. once was a boy, um, who, um, who was this and that and blah, blah, blah until one, you know, until and they, one, and one, they yeah. always did this and they always did yeah. that until one, one day, day yes. this happened. And then, yeah, or that's how we, and then we're like, okay, let's see that one day. So we just will practice the final act just over and over and over and over yeah. of like, you know, different stories that we've set up. Wow. So, and a lot of it is the practice of um, like, sometimes we'll run the first act, the first set, and we'll be like, okay, let's, like, who do we think, who's the protagonist, who's the antagonist? And sometimes there's like sub, you know, there's like the main protagonist, and then there's like sub stories. Um, so a lot of it's just, just running and we don't practice every week. Um, I think running up to our first show, we had a, a rehearsal a week. Um, but now it's like, just cause of with a larger cast, you have bigger people with responsibilities. So it's like every other week. So when you're taking notes, mm -hmm. what sort of things are you making? A note yeah. Of? Um, great question. Uh, this is something I'm still evolving cause I noticed my notes are like, so in like two, like too prescriptive to per, that, did I just say that word yeah, I don't know anyway prescriptive. um prescriptive thank you anyway um but yeah you're just like you know um things that maybe jump out at you right like um I'm trying to think of my notes from the last show um uh, like one of the stand-ups she wasn't the headliner but Simone who also puts um Simone and Audra kind of co- put it together but she was one of the stand-ups and she talked about how wanting to have not wanting kids, but wanting cats. So I put like birthing kittens, um, or like this guy. Part of his set was he's just really awkward um, in dating. So I was just like awkward dating situations. And then maybe what does that make you think of? Mm. Um, and like I remember, I don't remember. Ex oh, uh, one of the stand-ups talked about Lesbo Land, and um, and so I wrote Lesbo Land and then Straitsville. Um, <laughs> And that end up, and luckily we all we are on the same page, and that's where we um, we all we ended up. It took place in Lesbo Land and Straitsville. Um, so just writing down things that are um, jumping out at you that are inspiring you. 
Is writing it down cheating? That's, it's funny you should ask, because I wonder the same thing. And I don't think it is, because it's not like an Armando, uh, well, I guess some Armandos, the guest monologue, because it's like 20 minutes. I mean, it's a long time. And it's an improvised play. I don't think it is. But I welcome the discussion that I'm sure this will (laughs) explode (laughs) with. Um, I've thought the same thing. I don't think it's cheating. Um, But who knows? It is an improvised play, so there's like, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it is. And even if it is... It's, Who sets the rules? Yeah, we do, because it's improv. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the challenge we we did notice is um, you got to make sure you're not planning. You know, uh. you got to make, you got to be incognizant that you're not starting to plan things because, I, um, you know, we need to identify, okay, so who's the protagonist, who's the antagonist? So you want to make sure that everybody is on the same page as far as that. Yeah. And then remind each, remind in, and like names. Yes. Um, but sometimes you still forget names. <laughs> but there is that like, make sure you're not planning. And we don't. We definitely, mm. if you come to our show, none of it is planned. I think it would be obvious, <laughs> but we definitely do. There is no planning involved. So, so what you're doing is you're basically taking notes of what's been said. Yeah. Okay. From the from the from the stand up. Yeah, 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 not yeah. from the previous. Correct. Yeah, right. yeah. Just from the stand up. Just from the, so so we can find things to inspire us. Because um, it's also seven different minds, and it is an improvised play. Like we are putting on an improvised play, so. Um, so yeah, and that could change. I mean, we could, who knows, it, as it evolves, we, um, I'm sure Audrey will talk, she brought this from Seattle and, you know, it's this is London, so we may decide to evolve it yeah. without it. So. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay, so, um, a big final question. Yes, oh dear. The big final question. <gasps> yes. What is Molly Merwin's signature move? <laughs> what is like... You know, what is, if people see you do something, they can go, classic Merwin. Classic Merwin. <laughs> I've got another question, actually, but we'll come back okay, to that well, in a Okay, well, okay, cool. <laughs> I think um, my classic move is walking, like, sweeping a scene by walking in and doing object work, and it's always opening a refrigerator and grabbing a can. Nice. And usually, um, usually if I'm doing that, I don't know what... I'm going to do this. <laughs> but I know this scene needs to be swept. Yes. Um, sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. And and I think a lot of people that I've played with, I, they are surprised to hear, like, half the time I go on stage, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I may have, like, one word. Yeah, I'm like, well, that's yeah. a half. That'll That's a word that, was, that inspired me. But sometimes I know the scene just needs to be, like, somebody either needs to be swept or get on stage. And when you are in teams with three people... If you're sweeping, you're usually going to be the next person on yeah. on stage. Um, but yeah, my signature move is opening a refrigerator. No, I'm gonna. I think I think yeah. that's that is something that the listeners can yeah. learn from. Exactly. And, uh, Just go. It's going to spread all over. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. Um, very rarely do I have an idea before I step on stage yeah. because if I wait until I have an idea, I've been on the side all evening. I've oh not yeah, done totally. And sometimes I'll. Um, I won't have an idea, but as soon as I look at my partner, I got an idea, and it's all subconscious. It's inspired by what just happened. Yeah. Um, 
so you'll you'll find the idea. It'll be inspired. Trust me. Um, but yeah, so it's classic Molly. Classic, classic Molly. Molly. Which leads me on to the final question. Yes, the really final question. What's it like being a member of Classic Andy? Ah! <laughs> For those paying attention, I am not in Classic Andy, but everybody in the nursery thinks I am. They constantly are like, why aren't you guys named Classic Mandy? I don't know, I'm not on the team. Why don't you guys do this? I don't know, I'm not on the team. I love Classic Andy, They're though. Brilliant, aren't they? They're brilliant, <laughs> and I love the people on there. They're my friends, and... They're just, you're, if you go to the show, you're going to love every second of it. So, and they're just great people. So, so yeah, it's great being, um, not being on Classic Andy. <laughs> I, I want to make that my uh, final question yeah. uh, on every, uh, every episode. But I was uh, interviewing Duncan from uh, Showstopper and I just bottled it. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought it's not going to work. Because <laughs> eventually I'll speak to somebody I've already spoken to, Emma. Uh, from Classic Andy but uh, eventually I will speak to somebody from Classic Andy and then we'll get a really good answer yeah <laughs> well Audra's on Classic Andy so there you are there Better you go to we're going to we're gonna find out That's... what it's really like to be on Classic <laughs> Andy the minds of the improv community in London want to know <laughs> I made this that's improv! <laughs> 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 <laughs>